Hello and welcome to 20 Tim Minutes, a podcast that focuses on mental health in a serious but yet humorous way. Listen as I interview a wide variety of guests where we show our support as well as sharing our own personal struggles and stories with mental health. I am your host, Tim McCarthy, and now it's time to talk about it. Hey, what's going on, everybody? You have another episode of 20 Tim Minutes. I am your host, Tim McCarthy. Today, I am glad to have CEO, entrepreneur, author, podcast host, just a great overall dude, Tony Grebmeyer. Tony G, did I pronounce that right? Bam, let's go. The show's rocking now. You got this stuff going. Whoa, I almost I almost paused right there. I was buffering. I think my own Wi-Fi was disconnected for a second. <laughs> uh, you did great, man. You know what? My mom was a school teacher and they could never like kids would walk in. And so she would just like, you know, put her name up on like the chalkboard dating ourselves, you know, Miss Grebmeyer and kids would go, Miss Grubby, Miss G, like, uh. what do you call me? And I'm like, teacher. <laughs> and so I've always struggled because my name is a little long, but at the end of the day, man, Tony G is fine. So you did great. Tony G is a, is a way better moniker to have it's smooth gets yeah. to the point it's everything it, sound, it sounds legit too oh so legit and it's i feel like we all have that moment in our names where like substitute teachers do it wrong or you get like picked on for your name like mine was always like tiny tim and then when south park came out it was tim a and i was like yeah i get it my name's tim Same how, how tall are you five six but i'll be five seven if i stretch in the morning that's good so, so it's, i'd be five I, i'd be six foot seven if i stretched in the morning too you're six six Yes, sir. Damn, you got a whole foot on me. But I like being little. You never, dude, I want to make you sad or anything. I watched you walk into your closet. I mean, you literally walked in and walked out. It was like if I was in it, it would be like in Willy Wonka when they were trying to go to the back room. I'd have to be like. <laughs> you would have to fold you up to get in here. Yeah, this is a oh, small ass closet. I don't know how I climbed in. But this is kind of fucked up. I don't want to scare you when you get older. But how many like 89 year olds have you seen that's like six, five and above? Um, I've never really looked. Yeah. The only person I can think of is Boston Celtic great Bill Russell. He's the only one yeah. that's that's still going. So I don't know. I'm sorry to scare you like that. I'm going to survive forever, which is awful. But little people, because they get like the hunchbacks. Yeah, just jump on Elon Musk's, you know, SpaceX and, you know, you can go to Mars. You can live forever there too. <laughs> oh, I would rather the plane, the ship go right off its course. There you um, go. So... Tony, you have so much going on. When we talked previously, um, it was a lot to keep up with, which I love. You motivated me by the end of it. Uh, so hopefully we do the same with the end of this interview. So right now, you're doing big things. You took the time out of your day to meet with me. So I do appreciate that, my man. Um, so you were down and out for a pretty long time. Um, you had like 14 jobs when you were 18. Uh, you're in recovery right now, 12 years, million dollars in debt, like what was that all about? Like right now you're in a $40 million business that you started from like your garage. Like what is this? Amazon um, called ship offer. So let's start from the beginning. Um, just a typical, tell me everything about yourself. No, um, let's talk about your story a little bit. Cause where you are now is incredible, but the story to get there, I think is even a little bit more. I think the story for anybody, if you really stopped and just asked questions, you would find some really interesting tidbits that you could say, Hey, I do want to do that. or I don't want to do that. And, you know, you mentioned the 14 jobs by the time I was 18. It was like, you know, raking lawns, gutters, painting fences, hauling stuff to the dump, working at, you know, at an amusement park, working at an arcade, working at a liquor store, working at a shop, doing whatever. 
trying to figure out what maybe I did and didn't want to do with my life. Right. And one thing I did want to do was be around people. I knew that at an early age that my parents divorced when I was, you know, three months old. I went to several different schools trying to figure out, you know, do I want to live with my dad? Do I want to live with my mom? And, and the reality was I just wanted to figure out how to belong because I felt like a little bit of an outsider because I was the kid who had the single parent where everybody else was married in the neighborhood. That's how I grew up. Yeah. And not the white picket fence neighborhood, but very similar to what that kind of felt like, which was my mom had to work three jobs to put food on the table. There's that kid, that Grebmeyer kid, sad story about his parents getting a divorce. And that's how I felt. Mm -hmm. and, and it wasn't like the energy was that in return. It was just how I started processing. And so I lived a little bit with my dad. When I went with my dad, oh, there's that rich kid, you know, living with his dad. You know, my dad was the president of... Uh, a chapter of the ASID, which is for like interior designers in the Bay Area. He produced the Miss California badge. And, you know, my dad did really, really well for himself, but he also didn't. And he made a lot of money and lost a lot of money. And so he kind of went like BK a couple of times. And so I modeled what I saw, but I didn't know the damage behind the scenes. I didn't know about the the bankruptcies. What I saw was, wow, look at me. You know, he was the only guy I ever knew. He had an RV, had an office in it, in the like basically outside where he lived. I was like, damn, he had a mobile phone, but it was like plugged in and it was legit. And I like, I saw that. And so I started trying to emulate that. And that ultimately, I don't blame anybody or anything for my situation. I take 100% responsibility, which I tell anybody that I talk to or work with. I'm like, until you own your past, your shit, you can't create a new future. You are stuck living in the reverse mindset. And so flip the switch, get legit, like get focused that today is going to be the best day of your life because your attitude has to be everything. And so that dark road led me to you know, get into some really amazing opportunities, but also that led to drugs, alcohol, and things I'm not proud of that eventually kind of somewhat derailed me and almost got me to the edge and the verge of, you know, committing suicide. But, you know, I always say, thank God, my buddy John knocked on the door during the, my darkest moment on October 9, 2008, walked in, gave me a hug and told me my life had meaning and purpose. And what I really love to talk about, you know, with you today or anybody is I want to talk about the here and the now. The past is gone, right? And in this present moment, I'm working on creating the future. I want to live and I want to inspire people to do that themselves. How do you tell people to live in the moment? Because I'm always worried about the future. And like you said, you're always in the constant now worrying about what you're doing now. Like, how don't you worry in the future? Well, I mean, I could, but I, I was just talking to a buddy today, you know, he, he got into some trouble and he was like, you know, what do I do? And I'm like, well, you call your attorney and your attorney's going to say, well, you know, we got a pretty good case. You know, I got a good chance here. <clears throat> and you go over here and you do something different. You got a pretty good chance to maybe to do it. So there's a line that you have to decide. And, and I, I will say this, <clears throat> I'm a believer in God. Like God, God sent an angel to save me. And I am a true believer that God exists. I believe this. Uh, on uh, inside the, ma the material that I read uh, on page 420, it says, you know, I do nothing while waiting for God to tell me what to do. I do what's ever in front of me to be done. And I leave the results up to God. However, it turns out that's God's will for me. So I got to do whatever is the next right thing. And that's where I live. So, you know, I can get really ahead of myself and live in like the next two or three hours. 
But I think even when you and I were talking, I mentioned, I said, you know, nothing else in the world matters but this conversation right now. I know. My kids are doing what my kids are doing. My wife's doing what she's doing. Business partner's doing what he's doing. People are doing what they're doing. So I might as well just be 100% present in this moment with you because that's all I got control over. When you said that to me, it like really hit me. I was like, damn. And I was like telling my wife about that. And I was like, oh, I talked to Tony G. And he was just like, he's like, but the best part of my day is right now talking to you. And I was like, oh, that makes me feel just so special. Yeah. And I want you, but anybody that you talk to, you know, like you say before you hang up, like, hey, I love you, mm -hmm. right? Like that's part of you. You know, it's shocking to people when you mention that you care about them or love them or, hey, next time I see you, man, I can't wait to give you a big bear hug. And they're like, oh, that's so weird. I'm like, I know it's so weird. That's why I want to do it because there's going to be a time when I am gone because no one gets out alive. There's going to be a dash between the day I'm born and the day I die. And that's where now I choose to be present and live, right? And what would I want on my tombstone? What would I want it to read? That he was present when I had an opportunity to be with him. That's what I'm ultimately striving for in all relationships that I have is just to give 100%. You know, it doesn't mean that I'm perfect. I make a ton of freaking mistakes. Um, sometimes my wife, like yesterday, we were doing something. She's like, <clears throat> hey, can I get your attention? I'm like, thank you. It takes me a minute to snap into that mindset because it's, it's like a, a game of pinball, right? The ball's all over the place and you're trying to like control it all. And then when you just go shit, multi-ball happened and now balls are flying everywhere and you're trying to juggle. And sometimes you just got to put your hands up and go, let's get back to the base. All the balls go back down and get that one ball and just focus on that. And that's what I'm doing with you. I like that analogy. What's your favorite pinball machine? Oh, it, it probably something around like Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, it's got, it's got to be just from a little kid, Raiders of the Lost Ark. My business partner had like this um, old pinball when we were growing up. It was like a beach you know, like something around, I grew up in Santa Cruz, California, just something about, I don't care what the game is. They all have the same, the same goal. Get a high score, man. Like that's it. Right. And presented with the opportunity, um, put in another quarter and continue. Don't quit. Yeah. Unless someone else got your attention and you got to go, but <laughs> stay very, very focused on the task at hand. And that's what we try to do every day as human beings is we are presented with opportunities left and right. And I try up every morning to deposit a quarter and continue and build upon what I learned from yesterday and the previous days to build upon a better day to day. I was a big uh, Adams family pinball guy. If you, if you could, that was a fun game. That was a great one. When the, when the thing thing came out, it was always a fun one. Now with the quarter into a jar, that analogy, that's like something that you tell people to do, right? Yeah. And I just, it's so funny that you talk about it. And I even have one sitting right here. We just are rocking this uh, new concept. I'm going to launch it in about a month, but it's called uh, you are worth it. And uh, you remind yourself of the gift of self-care by making a deposit daily. And then when you're done depositing after, you know, what you choose, if it's, you know, 40 days, hundred days or whatnot, just go and donate the money. Go give it to somebody or something. And because there's an act in in the giving aspect that all of us should expect to, to at least know. Like if you've ever been in a line at a restaurant and someone paid for your food or like, hey, let me buy you a drink. And you know, it just feels good. I have a hard time with generosity. I have a hard time with people giving me stuff. Same. Because I feel like you want something from me. And so I'm working through that. That's part of my time right now. I'm getting up in the morning and that's the first thing I do. I, I go here and I deposit every day. I meditate 
and kind of think about like what I should do with my day. Like you talk about things that you're grateful for. That's in my journal that I wrote. Like, what are three things that you're grateful for? What's your current focus is really what this is. Yeah. And then, and then all day live with that current focus. Cause so, so many people, I don't know, you know, maybe, maybe you've experienced this in your life. You post a episode of your podcast and you're like, fuck, didn't get that many listens. So what you do instead of work on it anymore is you bury it and you go replace it with something else. I'm like, okay, wait, wait, wait. It didn't work the way I wanted to. I'm like, but I'm a marketer. Like, what can I, can I take my podcast and rip it up into 20 bytes now instead of going and just putting out another episode? Can I go put it on Instagram, LinkedIn? Can I put it on TikTok? Can I make some funny meme videos about it? You know, can I, can I actually take it and then go, I'm going to, I'm going to put it out for the next five or six days on all these different platforms. And what's the feedback that I'm going to get now? If after five or six days, it just completely bombed, then I'm like, all right, I need to go back and deep dive into the content and think, what did I say that didn't resonate? Maybe I don't want to work on that because then I'm going to go back and even look further at one of my previous episodes and see what really resonated. And I want to do more of that. Yeah. Right. So Everything that you're doing right now is teaching you a valuable lesson. The problem is, is most of us are not paying attention to it. So we're moving fast to go do the next thing. I'm like, no, when your wife says you're being a jerk and you're like, I promise I won't be a jerk anymore. And you move on. And then a month goes by and your wife goes, you're being a jerk again. You're like, hmm, should have listened to her a month ago and worked on it. Now that blind spot is no longer a blind spot. It's a choice. You're choosing not to. And I'm like, hmm, isn't that interesting? So I'm a big believer. Everybody's giving you data and you're just not processing. That's just more being in the moment with that. Instead of worrying about it later, you deal with it now. Yeah. And it sucks because sometimes it can consume, you know, five minutes of your time to go, don't be an asshole. Like, <laughs> you know, because my first thought is, is specifically selfish and self-centered. I've come to the conclusion of that. My first thought, my knee-jerk reaction is about me, my ego. That's edging good out, edging God out, whatever you want to call it. My second thought is less selfish and self-centered and more open-minded, right? And then I can go, hey, you know what? Like last night, we were sitting on the sofa getting ready to go to bed. And my wife just looked at me and she's like, do you want to dance? And I'm like, yeah, you always dance when you have the opportunity. And I'm like, sure. But it's not what I wanted to do. Yeah. But afterwards, it was the thing I wanted to do. In the moment, I was just like, I'm just really tired. I want to go to bed. And that's what I'm learning, you know, even in recovery and life. And, you know, I've been on this planet almost, you know, 49 years is that every day is an opportunity to work on yourself. Like I, people often think like, when do you arrive? And I'm like, I don't think you ever arrive. I don't think there's ever a place in your life where you're like, I've made it. Right. But I enjoy the journey. I enjoy the process. I enjoy waking up every single day and putting myself under my own microscope to look at like, where can I make adjustments? Because I want to have less issues. I want to have, I want to cause less people harm and pain. I did that for about 20 some odd years of my life. And then I really had to come into this whole world and mindset that, you know, if I want things to get better, maybe I should work on making things better myself. Right. And that I ask for a lot of help. I talk to a lot of people. I encourage, you know, you, you have to be the one willing to do the work. No one's going to do it for you unless you can't, you can't yourself for some reason. Um, but I usually will say like, 
in all of us is the ability to change if we have the desire to change. I like that. My wife's going to love this uh, this moment, but she, she's going to be like, you're a jerk. I mean, like, and I'll be like, no, let's wait a bit. She's like, Tony G said, deal with it now. And I'm gonna be like, fucking Tony. <laughs> <laughs> now to back up a little bit with the with the putting it in the box for donating, who's like something, who or what do you like to donate yours to? Is this just something random that you think of in the moment? So you know what? You don't think about it. You probably just do it in the moment. I mean, this was crazy. I got this text yesterday and I didn't save it just because I was going to like use it again. I just got this from somebody last night. And I just thought this was so just, I guess this is what I'm trying to do. It says recently I started following this writer person shared who that writer was Mm -hmm. not sure I've ever told you this story, but the first time you ever met my mom and to be clear, you had no idea it was my mom. You were at a Starbucks and were kind enough to exchange a few words with her. Then you bought her a cup of coffee and that coffee made her day. That was several years ago. I haven't forgotten your kind gesture and neither has she. And I think for myself, all I ever wanted, see, I think we do what we're really like. I think we're good at giving because we're bad at receiving. Oh yeah. Right. So if that's the case, so I'm like, okay, I deflect. I'm like, I'm just going to deflect. So through this kind of process and this, this chapter of my life, I'm really working on receiving, but still doubling up my giving. And so I don't really mind what organization, if it's a children's hospital, if, it's, if I saw a friend struggle, or a homeless person, or wherever I can give, I am. Like, I don't believe God says, all right, Tony, you have the ability to choose anything you want today. What should you do? And I'm like, I want to choose that one person yeah. in that one little section. I'm like, Go give and make the world around you a better place. I, I live by Gandhi's quote, be the change you wish to see in this world. It starts with me. It doesn't start with you. And just go be the person that can make the world a better place. And so if that's my attitude and that's all I can give today, hey, man, that's the best deposit. If you're at a grocery store in the parking lot, there's a bunch of shopping carts. Give back by pushing a couple shopping carts. And, and I always tell people, people will go, oh, that's not my job. I'm like, damn right. It's not your job. But it's a great opportunity to be of service. And if service is so measurable that it's just pushing in a shopping cart, the impact that can have is somebody else does it. And maybe you didn't realize that most grocery stores, the people that they hire have a handicap, a disability. Yep. And so you're just helping to make the world a better place in any form or fashion. If you you know, find a penny on the ground. My, one of my mentors always said, you know, pick it up and say, I'm a money magnet, you know, and then go donate it when you're on the checkout. Like there is something for all of us to take from this conversation or any conversation and go share. That's how the world becomes a better place. A couple of things about what you said, which are great. So first off with the penny thing, my wife thinks that you shouldn't pick up a penny if it's face down. You only pick it up when it's face up. Have you heard that before? Dude, I'm six foot six, bro. Like it, it takes me a heck of a long time to get down there, pick it up. And like, if I get down there and I'm like, oh, my eyes are bad. If I get down there and I'm like looking that close, yeah. I just pick it up and then just go donate it. All right. I like that then. Okay. And then with the, uh, the shopping cart thing drives me nuts. I feel like that's a litmus test for people that I'll watch them to see if they put it back or not. But I agree with like pushing the other ones back if it's on your travels or just going on your way. But yeah, that's one of my hugest pet peeves is watching people not put the carriage away and saying that same exact thing. Yeah. And, and there is laziness is to blame for shopping carts. Yeah. Like I literally think it would be awesome if the shopping cart got put in front of your car, right? And it realized that it was left out of its place, that it shot like a little dart out and then it attached itself to your car. And then when you drove away, it was smashing into your car. Yeah. You're like, and then it just pulled itself back and it just sat there going, 
I wonder if it'll push me back now. Right. And then like cause it to just fuck with you, like just mess with you a little bit because it's just pure laziness. Yeah. It's raining, it's hailing, it's snowing. <laughs> well, you chose to go out. That's mm-hmm. life. Yep. Go put it away. That's life too. Exactly. I'm with that. And to back up a little bit with the gift giving, I'm the same way because I feel like I need to have a certain reaction when I open up a gift where I'm like, I got to make sure they think that I really like it, even though I do, but my reaction time isn't that good. So I get like so nervous. But then on the flip side, I like to give, but my gift giving sucks. I always give a, I always give a bad gift, but because I'm judging their reaction. So it's kind of like a, a vicious cycle. I think you should do what you do for the intro, the rock, paper, scissors, and just ask them to put a blindfold on and you do it too. And then on the count of 10, you open your eyes and then they have the gift open. Here, here's the interesting part, man. I, uh, I struggle a lot around Christmas time giving gifts because I think, did I give enough? Did I, did I, did I do my part? And good friend of mine, uh, John Rulin from Giftology it's not really the gift. It's the experience of the gift. And what does that mean? And so work harder on the kind of the idea behind the gift. And no matter what it is, it'll be perfect. I like that. And that's what I'm striving to do is just learn from people who have done it a lot more than me and help me to understand where, you know, remember it's only a blind spot once. Now you and I are talking about it. Now it's choices. Now we have, we have choices in becoming better at gift giving and gift receiving. I also don't like getting recognition. I feel like you're the same way. Like I've bought in coffees for like drive through behind me. And the second I grab my coffee, I speed away because I don't want them being like, oh, thank you. Like, like talking to me about it because I don't want it. So I, there's been a couple of times where like I almost got pulled over. I crashed because I just don't want that recognition. I don't know. I feel so awkward about it because it feels like it's a cockiness thing. It's like, yeah, if you look can at do me. it. If you can do it, don't just buy the car behind you. See if you can buy like three or four cars behind you. Yeah. Right. Now you don't have to speed away because then they'll think the car in front of them did it and the car in front of them did it. And now you can just drive away. You're like, so it's awesome. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good idea. Oh, fan, I do. That's, that's perfect. I love it a lot. Um, let's back up a little bit more because there's, there's so much going on with you. Your podcast. What's it? What's that all about? How long have you been doing that? Um, um, I, my podcast is uh, making dog bones. Nice. Um, no, I'm just kidding. It's called um, throw me a bone podcast. <laughs> Uh, everything, uh, in my brand is all about finding fulfillment. Mm-hmm. So ship offers is a, a professional fulfillment service for online marketers, primarily in the health and wellness space. We've got uh, like 50 plus products that you can white label. If you're a marketer and you already know how to sell, you've either a probably come across a company similar to ours or using a company like ship offers to help kind of send products to your customers and we'll slap a label on it and kind of help deliver, on that fulfillment promise. And, you know, you heard a little bit 12 years ago, my life was lacking Mm -hmm. some personal fulfillment and I wanted to figure out why. And I went kind of down the rabbit hole several different times and I kept coming back. Like I just didn't know where to start. And so my whole mission in life is despite your past, I can help you to create anything in this future, in this present moment, any kind of future you want. And so a lot of my friends started asking me, like, why don't you start helping others? Like you help me, like, why don't you do something with it? And I'm like, well, I could get back into podcasting. I was in radio. And then I'm like, well, I could probably put some of that stuff down on paper. Cause if you walk into my office, I've just got notes and papers everywhere. I'm even, you know, making notes from you right now. And so I just started taking my thoughts and then expanding upon them and putting them into my daily work. And somebody asked me the other day, isn't this basically your journal? I'm like this 
And this are very much the same. It's, it's getting you to stop and getting you to work on you, right? They're just different channels. That's why we're launching an app here in probably the next you know, 45 or so days. Fantastic. They're just ways to get a new audience. So a podcast was just natural for me. I, you know, I spent, I got into radio at age 11, all the way to 13 FCC license, you know, 13 years old. How? And then I forgot about it, went off to, you know, high school, college, went into college, walked a, one day by a, a radio station. And I remember John Giorgio, the guy was in there and I uh, said, Hey, you know, can I take this class? And like, yeah, go take that class. I'm like, talk on the fucking radio. I'm like, yeah. I gotta go take another class. I'm like, I already know how to talk on the radio. I've done it. He's like, Nope, you gotta take this. I'm like, all right, what do I need to do to just prove to you guys that I could do this. And so his, his colleague, uh, her name was Carol Benson says, I'll give you a shot. And then that semester I, I was rock Bob, country Bob, reggae Bob, and then Tony. <laughs> and I was the only one hired out of that whole program that like semester. And I got a job pushing buttons for Bob Kingsley and American country countdown. So if you've ever heard of country music Sunday morning, Saturday nights, they play these pre-recorded shows. And I was a button pusher at a station in Modesto, California. And then one thing just led to another that I, I got an opportunity to eventually speak. And then after I got out of radio, met my wife, we had kids. I didn't want to go back to work for somebody. I was pretty much unemployable kind of in the way that I live and kind of like my life. And so I started this company and this company was... 14, 15 years into the making. And one day somebody said something about podcasting and I'm like, Hmm, I think that'd be cool. So yeah. I could just talk about what I want to talk about and people would listen. I'm like, really? I'm like, there's seven point some odd billion people on planet earth and people are going to tune in. No one's going to tell me what to do. Cause I hated being told, I don't know if, about you, but I hate being told what to do. Same. All right. And so, um, yeah, this is my, third kind of brand off of the podcast. I launched Entrepreneur Unplugged originally. Then I got a cease and desist because of the word entrepreneur. Then I launched like the Tony G show. And then I was like, that doesn't really speak to me. And then I go, hmm, I think what I really want to do is be fulfilled. And I was like, oh, so then the name kind of was already up on a wall at our business. I was like, I want to be fulfilled. So I created a whole moniker and a personal brand all around be fulfilled. So Anything that has to do with fulfillment in your life, man, I think we want to be fulfilled in what we do. We want to know that you feel great joy in holding your baby or great, great joy in the job that you do or what, whatever it may be. And so the whole brand and everything came from really just realizing that I was lacking personal fulfillment in my life. And then I set out to figure out how to do it. Then people started asking me, Hey, can you help me? Can you teach me? Then I decided to take all those resources and put them into some components and then made those components available in different delivery systems, right? Like a podcast coming out with an app, a journal courses online, whatever it may be to help people because not everyone's going to be the same finding that path. So your job, at least what my belief is, my job is to make sure that there's enough availability for people to have resources and then then, you know, I'll attract the people I need to attract. Now you held up that book. I don't think we talked about this on the air. What, what is that book that you picked up? The journal? Is that the journal right there? Oh yeah. So I have two, one with a, a friend, Anna David, she helped uh, co-author this one. This is about recovery. Mm -hmm. And then this one, 
uh, is mine. And this will always be my, uh, my own kind of like story. There's 360 pages in it. Um, and it's the be fulfilled journal and it's, it's been phenomenal. It's been out since, uh, October 15th of 2018. Oh, wow. I have to definitely, you have to send me one. You already promised you would send me one. So don't back. Yeah, out. I'll totally send you one. <laughs> now I, I don't think you heard me 11 and 13. You got into radio. How did that work? When that was, I went to a place called Robert Louis Stevenson, uh, after the author, that was a school named in like Pebble beach. My dad sent me kind of like summer camp and I was, I was in the theater program, like preparing for like the 10 little Indians. And I was like the first little Indian to die. And I'm like <laughs> laying on my back after I died. I think I drank poison or something. I, I don't really remember how I, the first little Indian died, but I look up and I can just see people up there, like, you know, like doing this and jamming. And I was like, and I go, Hey, what's up there? They said, that's the radio station. I said, Oh, cool. Like the show finished, I walked up there and I said, "Hey, can I try this?" And they're like, "Sure." And so, a couple of weeks later, my very first record I ever played was uh, "You Spin Me Round Round" uh, by Dead or Alive. And I remember you two. I mean, it was just the Rolling Stones, just like killer music that I like. I liked. Yeah. Um, and I was like, "This is awesome!" And it was great for meeting girls. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, so I was like, okay, cool. So I did that until I was 13. And then I totally forgot about it. And I went home back into like junior high. And then there was a radio station, 102.5 K Don, Selena Santa Cruz in the Monterey Bay. And uh, it was like killer hip hop music, like R&B. And, and they would look for like guest DJs to do the top eight at eight. Mm -hmm. And they'd be like, Hey, if you're interested in, you know, announcing a song on the top eight at eight, just give us a call. And so I'd call in and my voice had slowly changed. And so I'd be like, Hey, can I be a guest DJ? And they're like, say this. And I'm like, awesome. So I'd say that and then do it again the next night or the next week. And then one day my phone rang and the guy was like, Hey, would you mind just doing all eight songs for us? I was like, what do you mean? And they're like, could you just ramble them off? I'm like, sure. Give me what they are. And I'll just shoot them. Kind of like what you were doing prior to the show. Just all you need is like a keyword and you can fill in the blanks. Yep. So I was like, hey, this is Tony G calling in from Santa Cruz tonight on the top eight at eight. Number seven, coming into number seven, it's da 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 da, right? And I was like, shit, I just did this, did this. And the next day at school, people are like, were you on the radio last night? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, that was awesome. And what I realized was that there was a gift in using my voice, but most people don't know. I didn't talk until I was four. I like basically was in special ed all the way through 12th grade. So I, you know, didn't stutter, but I kind of just, lack some skills. My mom always said that my mind was going a million miles an hour, like you can tell on the show. And then my body caught up. And um, so I just use it as a catalyst to kind of take me into the next thing I did in life. Radio led me into the internet because I was working in radio. And then somebody handed me a laptop and asked me if I could build a website. I was living in Silicon Valley and I'm like, sure. And next thing, you know, one thing led to another, some 20 Five years later, I've been on the internet every single day. As we say it in our house, you're like, you're on the net. Like, I'm on the net, right? Every <laughs> single day. What was your name when you were 13 years old as a radio personality? Did you have one? Yeah, it was probably, hi, you Stoney Grabmeyer, and you're listening to, you know, KSBB Pebble Beach. You know, it was probably something very similar to that. Talking then, Tony? No, it was probably trying to say my name. And then when I went into... uh 
you know, rock Bob and country Bob. And then it was like Tony Grebmeyer. And then I got my first job at the station where I got to push buttons. And there was a guy named Danny G, Danny Garrett. And he's, he's uh he works for television and, and he's been pretty successful in the sports casting world. And I said, Oh, Danny G. I'm like, I'll be Tony G. And then my buddy, Jim Barbie made a G string kind of like sounder for tonight on the G string. You know, it was like, it's going to be a fun show. And so I did that. And then a lot of people had a hard time with like Tony G. It's just like on a country radio, it was just weird. So when I finally landed uh, in San Jose, my business partner here, his last name is Roberts. And so I picked it up and used Tony G. Roberts. And that's pretty much what I was for most of my time in radio. And then until I tapped out and then I just went back to Tony Grubmeyer. I, what, how do you do the radio? Like, what is the radio voice? Like they teach you that? Like, how do you turn it on and off? It's like, why is that a thing? And why did I always think that just how radio hosts talked on their everyday life? I don't necessarily know if it's that. I think it's more to have fun, right? So give me give me something you would like me to talk about. Like give me something like a TV show, a book, anything, and I'll, I'll show you how we do yeah, it. Yeah, like like tonight on um, the Bad Batch. Let's talk about Bad Batch, like the style was. Like say you had to promote that. Uh, it was coming out on like Tuesday or something. Like what is something you would say? Tuesday night, 8 o'clock on the Disney Plus channel. Don't miss this episode of the Bad Batch, right? It's like... That's a really bad one, but it'd yeah. be like, it would be like that. Yeah. Like I always say like, I'd be, so I, I'd flip it. I'd be like in a world long after the empire has finished the bad batch is born Disney plus tune in at eight o'clock Tuesday night for season two. Right. It'd be something like that. And that's just natural. Cause all really I'm doing is just changing a couple things in my diaphragm yeah. and just adjusting. Right. And I do voices, so it doesn't. Radio for me is nothing more than theater and just entertainment and having fun. Yeah, I was always into getting into radio. I don't know why I didn't do it. I think there was a college I wanted to go to, and I didn't get it. You into sound it. great, dude. You should do a podcast or something. Yeah, I was thinking about it, just like twenty minutes or so. I, I didn't think I can do it that long. Um, yeah, I was always fascinated by it, but I always found it weird that you had to go to like school for it or like classes because I was just like, you're just talking to a microphone. But obviously, there's more to it. Um, there is. Yeah. I mean, you you do have some requirements by law you do have to keep records you do have to pay attention right you do sign your name a lot like mm -hmm. on usually when i was in radio back in the day i'm sure some of it's digital now but you know really it's no different but it really is completely different than what it was when i was in radio yeah. i had to literally my first boss told me like type up everything you wanted to say when i was getting ready to get out of radio they were putting like cards in front of me and say, read that, mm -hmm. like basically read that verbatim. And with podcasting, as you know, I mean, if you want to say F or you want to say this, or you want to do that, like you just do it. And the people will censor you. Like, that's, what's cool about life. Like yeah. people resonate with you. They'll, they'll, they'll let a couple words go by. Um, and I don't swear because I'm like, Ooh, I'm lazy with my language. Just sometimes I drop an F bomb because I was in the mood to drop an F bomb and uh, you couldn't do that in radio. You know, I could never swear. It could never even, you had to follow protocol. And that's why I like being kind of in control and in charge of my show and the way that I create content and put it out into the world. Because it, for me, I just really want to be me. I don't want to be somebody I'm not. And I felt like when I was in radio, I was 
tonight at seven o'clock on the CNN, right? And now it's just like, hey, let's just have a conversation. Yeah, I um, I always felt that that was always um, very tough. And I remember you were saying to me that never apologize for who you are. And I would always drop F-bombs instead of like ums for the most part in my episodes because it's just like I've always said it and I tried not to myself. But on people's episodes or guests I, I'm on, I make sure to be more presentable. And I like I am still being myself to a point, but I'm more relaxed in my own set. I'm like, ah, fuck it. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I think we were talking a little bit about, you know, I had a, a radio uh, program director who really – help me to understand like how the easiest way to talk on the radio was. Right. And that was to imagine like your friend, your, your partner life, whatever was about a hundred feet down the hall and you needed to get their attention, but you couldn't scream their name. Mm -hmm. So how would you get their attention? To stop banging on the wall. <laughs> you no, no, no. But like using your voice, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you couldn't yell at them. What would you do? You'd talk a little louder. You'd be like, hey, Tim, it's Tony. Hey, how you doing? That's my radio voice. Yep. Otherwise, it'd be like, hey, Tim, it's Tony. That's not a very sexy or fun radio voice. So yeah. it's really about just finding the inflection, finding where you feel comfortable. Um, and, you know, and that, that's really kind of for you have a great voice. You have great presence, too, by the way. Like, I mean, yeah, you're in a closet, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I think that it's more you're you. And that is the thing that is lacking in a lot of the world is everybody's trying to be somebody they're not. And I'm like, just be you. Yeah. People are going to like you or they're not. And that's okay. Your job isn't to make everybody like you. Your job is to provide amazing value in everything that you do to make the world around you better. And if people want to jump on that, then that works out and everything gets better. Does that make sense? Yes, I totally agree. Um, I don't like following rules either. I never want to do interviews and be like the basic, like, oh, tell me about this. Like, I like having normal conversations, and that's what people like about this podcast. And you even said to me, which I like, I took a lot in from when we talked, was like, ask questions that you know the listener wants to ask, and they can't because they're not part of the show right now. And I took that and just ran with it for the past couple interviews I've done. And I feel like they've come out great. People are like, oh, that interview was awesome. Like, I'm glad that you asked this and that. Um, so, yeah, I took a lot of information from you, which is great. And we only talked for like 20 minutes. Yeah. You got to remember one thing, right? So comedy, television, sitcom or whatever, if it was the same script every time, you'd be like, oh, God, another yeah. episode of that show, right? But if you're like, I wonder what they're going to do Thursday night when I tune in to watch the show. And then you hang up and you're like, well, that wasn't a very good episode, but that was definitely entertaining, yeah. right? That's what you want to do. You just want to flip it up enough so that people don't know what's coming, but they know that it's something entertaining for the next 20, 30, 40 minutes when they hit play on the episode. They're just going to be like, hey, I didn't resonate with everything that guy Tony said, but I sure liked listening to Tim. Tim asked like five questions the entire time and Tony talked for the rest of it. You know, it was like, can we have more Tim and less Tony? Like, but your audience is great because if you ask for the feedback, they'll give you the feedback. Yeah. And I have the, my episodes on Tuesday, which is good for episodes on Thursday for interviews because I let my guests talk because they're more interesting than me in that moment because Tuesday is what I'm giving you. And then Thursday is about you. And that's what people like. My big goal is not to wear a leather jacket and jump over a shark on a boat. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> be like the fonts so you want to you want to wear a speedo and swim underneath the boat yeah. 
and punch gotcha. the shock right in the mouth. There you go. I like it. That's what I want to do. Um, I know we're living in the present, so I'm going to bring up your past a little bit, and then we'll, we'll wrap up a little bit if that's fine. Is that right sure. with you? Yeah, absolutely. Now, the million dollars in debt, like when did you have your revelation and your turn in your life that you were – like where you are today is incredible, like I said. Now, let's get to the point where you were down and out, but then you started to get better, but then you went back down, right? Correct. Yeah, remember I told you I modeled my dad. Yes. So, up, down, up, down. And when I was... How old were you? I think that's 12 where years I'm... off of this. So 36 is when I finally got my shit together. 34 was really bad. Yeah. 34, 35, 36, I was separated from my wife. We had been married for a period of time. We're coming up on uh, 23 years of marriage. <clears throat> so we were separated for three of those years. You know, I'm, I would miss some holidays. I'd, I'd move in on a Friday, leave on a Sunday. I was just really jacked up in drugs. Mm-hmm. I don't blame drugs. I blame my thinking. I blame my circumstances for not dealing with the trauma from my past. And, you know, and then when I got in trouble, I immediately made something from my past become something very in the present. And, you know, I've had some terrible things happen to me. I've done some terrible things to people, but I needed to own my shit. Mm -hmm. And I remember needing money and I just, I like applied for a credit card online and I got declined again. And I just said, you know, this shit sucks, dude. Like I have jacked up my family. Everything's falling apart. And that's, that's really when my buddy, uh, John came and knocked on my door I mean, I I could party with the best of them. Like I I could go out like on a Tuesday night. This would be a good Tuesday night. This was like a good good Tuesday. I could go out on a Tuesday, go to a sushi restaurant with a bunch of guy friends, drink a whole bunch of sake, have a couple Vicodin, do a couple rails, come back and do a couple Xanax go to bed, get up at four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning and do it all over again. Like that, that wasn't like what I did, but that would be something that like I could do. Right. And very manageable. But then there's those times where I just couldn't do that anymore. And that's where my life became unmanageable. That was where I was lying, where I was at, lying, what I was doing, lying, who I was with. And then all of that became really unmanageable to juggle. And that's when my life got really out of control And that's when I didn't know I was an alcoholic. I didn't have a title to put to, I was a drug addict. I didn't like my wife and I, we talk sometimes like, what's your idea of a, you know, an alcoholic, like a guy under a bridge with a drinking a bottle of something with a brown bag around it. Like that's what people would say. It was me. I was that guy. I mean, I would do I could crush like 14 Vicodin in a day and just eat them up and be like, all right, cool. Let's go do my, my job. Damn. Um, you know, I, I, I was, you know, I, I think there's a term for it, but I would pharmacy shop, you know, I was, you know, I could go through 90 pills on a weekend, you know, cause I'd invite a friend or two to help, you know, get some of those pills to be gone. Um, and I was just numbing feeling like everything in my world was falling apart. Because, you know, a prescription was like six bucks yeah. for 90 pills. It didn't cost much, but the man, the damage it did was, it was priceless, man. It would just cost just so much damage. So once 
once my buddy John knocked on my door and gave me the ability to see where I needed to make some shifts, it took me about 45 or 50 days to finally give up drinking. And then on 12, 14 of 08, I called up a friend after taking a test online and it was a pass fail kind of test. It was like, you know, answer these questions if you're alcoholic. And I took them and I was like, shit, I am an alcoholic. I'm like, I, I think I need a meeting. I didn't even know what I was needing. I, no one needs, no one needs a meeting. I don't think anybody in their life goes, I'm going to go have a meeting today. Like no one wants to go to a meeting, but I took it and I went in and I um, sat in the corner and I was in a meeting and I heard my story get shared and I had somebody come up and tell me to read this book. It could change my life. And I did all that and I haven't had a drink since. And so something between kind of that 45 days getting my life in a mess to where it is, you know, till I got really sober and then the past 12 years or so. Is really just saying, you know what, in all of us is the ability to change. You know, Buckminster Fuller has a great quote, I'll mess it up, but like to change an existing reality, you got to build a new one that makes the old one obsolete, right? And, yeah. and it's available to all of us at any time. And I just was at the point where I wanted to change. And then it humbled, humbled me enough to ask my wife for another chance. And um, we've been back together, happily married, and the best years of my life are here now. Um, She's my best friend and we got to spend every waking moment besides going to work together. We live, you know, uh, on a ranch recently, we moved out into the country. And so it was just her and our dog and, um, and 35 acres. So it, it is, um, an absolute gift and a blessing to wake up beside your best friend. And I thank God all the time for allowing me the opportunity to, to, to work on this marriage and my relationship, because it was something that I took for granted. And now I, I can't live without it. Phenomenal. I feel like we are a lot alike because I was down and out about two years ago when I was about 34, 33, and I, I attempted suicide as well. But my best friend didn't come over. It was my cat that uh, woke me up. And I was like, oh, shit. I was like, do you need to eat? And then like I got like busy and did all that shit. And I was like, I need to go get help or whatever. Um, I never really dabbled in drugs and, and uh, don't think I have a drinking problem. I, I, I just kind of stopped drinking because it wasn't I never felt good. Like it's a it's a negative it's a negative <laughs> thing for your body. Um, so I do agree with that. Now, with the did he know something was up or he just kind of knew you would not do it? Everybody from what I, I heard knew that something was up with me. Okay. That's great that someone could point that out and have someone, a friend come over. Friends are the best, aren't they? Like good friends. They are, man. And, and you know, a lot of us take them for granted. And, and that's why I'm a believer. You just pick up your phone and call random people on random days with no need yes. to return, you know. I love doing that, like sending a buddy a text that you haven't talked to in years and bringing up an old memory. Like when I get, because I, I do things that I love to happen to me. And that's one of the best things that is like a good family. Why'd you hit the cancel recording button? I didn't. Yeah, it's not recording anymore. It says it's recording on my end. I'm just making sure you're paying attention. Right, oh, cool. I'm Keep paying going. attention. You motherfucker. <laughs> uh, why? Was I not paying attention? No, I don't know. You're in a closet. It's hard for me to pay, really take you serious. I know. That's the best thing about me is no one ever takes me serious. I always say like, I say I'm passive, unaggressive where I say serious things in a, in a, you want to go again? With the eyes open though. All right. It's on a delay. You're going to cheat. Ready? Yep. One, two, three. Ah, shit. I lost again. All right. That's three for three for you today. All They're right, going to cool. see this. You got, you beat me. It's okay, dude. It, it's a game of. <laughs> 
Rock, paper, scissors. It's it's hand-to-hand combat, though. I'll put you on my shoulders, and we'll play a game of horse, and I'll let you dunk. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Wait, Spud Webb was 5'6". He ain't Spud Webb. I know. I'm not even close. I can't even dribble with my left hand. <laughs> All right, we'll finish up with this because well, – give me the short story because I feel like you're getting bored about talking about your past. So how do you how do you survive killing yourself and then turning it into a $40 million business? Like how does that just happen? Like you just get a loan, you're like, yeah, I couldn't get a credit card, but I I figured it out. Hey Siri, <laughs> twelve times three sixty five. Twelve times three hundred sixty five is four thousand three hundred eighty. One days at a time. Ah oh, man, that was good. I'll say this though, who was that? Because that wasn't <laughs> that wasn't Alexa or Siri from what that was like a dude named Alex. <laughs> Hello, Siri. What's my name? <laughs> That's uh, some Irish version of the the app. You can change the setting and the voice. I was I was like, hold, you. I was when like, I went to Ireland with my wife, like in uh, last March of 2020, um, I just said, "Hey, if I'm going to be there, I'm going to ask everybody and try to ask for directions." I'm like, "Let's see what you've got." And so I changed it then, and I've left it, and it makes me laugh because it messes uh, it messes up my name. It'll say like Tony Grebmeyer. And then it'll say my son's name and it'll completely jack up the last name to something else. And I'm like, dude, didn't you just learn that you just said it right one way and now you're saying it completely different the next? Yeah. My my belief, and I think to answer your question again, it's hard to do this, man. It's oh. hard to turn your life around. You know that, right? Two years, you, you're down and out, world's coming to an end, craziness. But I've talked to you a couple of times and I know that your wife's a huge support. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't be where I'm at today if it wasn't for some really amazing people stepping in to help me. Um, and and all they did was hold up a mirror so I could see my reflection. So I could see that I mattered and what I did did matter. And, you know, maybe I just needed to change some of the things that I was doing. And the the old me is like some people want, hey, where is the old me? I'm like, it's still there. But I've just I've worked on really helping the old me to become the new version. And that new version is somebody who just I mean, I can mess around on this all day, man. But for me, sobriety, I take it 100% serious. I mean, I was I was meeting with a sponsee this morning. My sponsor was there. We sat and we broke bread and just chatted, man. And like, rip away all the Band-Aids, man. Let the blood gush. Let yeah. the tears fall. Let the life, all the crap that you're holding on to go because it just doesn't serve you. And um, it's just, it's just kind of like, I want to drop the rock. I just want to drop like holding all this shit that I've held on to all my life. And if I can be of service and hold the mirror up for somebody else to see their shit today and be there for them, not run from them, but like embrace them and I love them. And you know, I hold a guy and I'm like, dude, I love you, bro. Like, I'm just like, I'm proud of you for doing the hard stuff. I kind of believe that's why I'm here. I was given an opportunity. I'm not going to waste it, you know, and I did. I almost really, I I literally got out of debt one dime, one quarter, one, you know, nickel, one penny, one phone call, one day at a time. And, and I just choose to live that best version of my life today. And it's like, you know, as you say, you know, our times I'm up, I'm like, that's cool. Your time's almost up. I'm like, I hope my time isn't up. You know, I, I don't have anywhere to be. 
I'm here with you. And it took me a long time to get there. It really did because, you know, I'd walk around going, one so good, man. When's the other shoe going to drop? Yeah. And I'm like, that's a shitty way to live life. So just yeah. one day at a time, man. It really, it works for me. And I know it works for thousands of other people. And I've seen it firsthand with a lot of men that I've, I've helped. I feel like I can answer this question for you. If you had to give one key, because we learned a lot today. If you had to give one message across to somebody that might be in your situation or you had to go back in time to tell like 35-year-old Tony uh, a tip to give, I want to say the answer would be just live in the moment, take it day by day. That would be your biggest takeaway to give somebody. Yeah, and then Yoda provides like some of the best advice. Right. You know, do or do not. There is no try. Right. And just do it, man. Yeah. Like, cause you're not going to know unless you go for it. Yeah. You're going to have those what ifs. And I don't want those what ifs in my life. I don't want to go like today. I was driving to go to meet up with some friends this morning for breakfast. And I looked out and there was these two hot air balloons and they were high up. And, and I said something to a buddy on the phone with, he's like, that's a rich man sport. And I'm like, well, hell, it doesn't matter if it's a poor man sport. I ain't getting up in one of those things. Yeah, no, me neither. But then I had this crazy thought. I'm like, but what if I could? What happens if someone says, hey, Tony, you want to come up in a hot air balloon, knowing what I know today about life? And there's a part of me, like, and there, this didn't exist 15 years ago in me. There's like, there's curiosity today. And that lets me know that my guard has shifted a little bit from being super protective, making sure everything's just perfect to just being more open-minded to what's going on. And that means that I have an awareness today around me that I didn't have before. And that I give all the glory and grace to God for really helping me to see my blind spots and helping me to, to show up differently for others. I have another question about where you're at right now, because we're living in the present moment. The photo behind you, that gentleman with you, looks very familiar. It must mean a lot to you because you have a very large photo behind you. Who is that? Uh, he was one of my coaches and mentors. Uh, his birthday would have been yesterday. Yep. He would have been 41. Um, his name is Sean Matthews. No, sorry. Sean, sorry. <laughs> Sean Matthews is <laughs> from Boy Meets World, I think. <laughs> Sean Matthews works here and I I like oh, I have like three Sean's in my life. His name was Sean Stevenson, the three foot tall giant. Look yes. him up on YouTube. He did some dance parties. He did just he was an amazing human being. He wasn't supposed to live past birth. Doctors all told him that he wouldn't make it. Um, I loved hearing his TED talk. He basically said, you know, all those doctors told my parents that I wouldn't make it. I'm the only doctor standing and they're all dead. And he had a PhD. I mean, he's just a phenomenal human being. He's got a he left behind uh, a huge legacy. So a lot of people that he helped um, really are doing their part to just kind of share that message. So Sean Stevenson, um, he's just a dear friend. And I had that um, sketched from that was our very first photo we ever took together. I met him in Cleveland and I had just heard about him several weeks ago. And then I saw a video of him the night before, and then he rolled into my life and, and he was supposed to come, I was supposed to podcast with him the day he died mm. and he was supposed to come to Colorado and hang out, um, that week. And, you know, I just have, I had some things that I had to work through, but that guy right there, all of him, um, he said it best. He goes, you know, God put me in this container and it's 
what we all have is we're just in a container and, and to take care of it and do what you can and help make everything around you better. And he, I could send you a video after video of the way that he would send you a little text message and just tell you, I was thinking about you and how much he cared about you. And when I went to a, a mastermind where a bunch of business colleagues got together, we were talking and he's like, oh, he sent me one too. And then we were comparing videos. I mean, the guy just would make time for anybody. And so uh, he's holding a dance party at heaven and he has done an amazing job of helping myself to, to find my true potential. Um, and he helped write the forward inside my journal. Um, and he's just a phenomenal human being. So I'm glad I asked about that photo. I wasn't going to ask about it, but I did. Because you inspired Thanks. me. Thanks. I it. appreciate it. You know, I messed up his name, but it, it makes me it makes me laugh. He's I'm probably like, laughing at you for messing it up. I know. He loves me. <laughs> he, he he loved me regardless. So let's end with this now. I keep saying we're gonna end soon, but I, I just love talking to you. Three things, maybe out of the box, little things in life. What are you grateful for right now? Actually, think of three things right now that you're grateful for. Because this is all about being in the present, and I love it. Because I have. I have like a bunch of messages on my phone right now and I don't give a fuck because I'm in this moment. I mean, I'm entirely grateful for sobriety. Sobriety let me find God, give me the ability to repair my marriage and help me to be present with my kids. And that's one. I'm going to tie all that up into one. Um, number two, I'm super grateful and blessed every single day uh, to come work with my business partner, Doug, and the business that we're doing that, you know, has been going for 20 years. Pre-pandemic, there was like 35 people or families of, you know, helping. Now there's over 80 plus people and we're growing. And I love the fact that we're able to impact a lot of people's lives. And we run a really amazing company and we do what we can to, to make everything better. And then number three, great relationships, man. Like yours, friends that came over to just take a walk with me or call me or send me a text message and remind me and, and help me to see that I do matter. Cause you know, it doesn't matter if I figure out, I look like I have it all figured out. I don't. Yeah. And I've learned that along the way. No one has it all figured out. They're just really good at making it look like they do. I'm just like any human being, man. I've got a ton of emotions. I wear them sometimes on the outside, but at the end of it, uh, I'm just grateful for people who share their heart with me and give me an opportunity to do the same. Great answers. Phenomenal answers. You're a big music guy. What would be your theme song that you would come out to? Say you're like a professional wrestler, MMA guy, boxer, whatever whatever you like out of the three the most. What would be your song? Curtain opens up, boom, Tony G hits out. So, uh, just a song from smoking the bandit. It's been on my playlist. My wife will probably text me. We, we, uh, during the day she's at home working and I'm here and I'll, I'll hijack her Spotify account and play some songs and her music will stop at her house. And then we just have fun going back. We both have family accounts, but we just have fun playing that game. So I got a text while on. She's like, Hey, I see you. I heard you. You hijacked my account. So we have fun with each other. Dude, I do that to my wife all the time. Like if I'm not home or I'm upstairs, I always put Nickelback photograph on and I always just go, look at this photograph. And she's like, shut the fuck up. I do it every so often. So randomly. That's so funny that you do that too, man. Yeah. We're, we're a lot alike and I love it. I was trying to see what her text was. Yeah. But that, that came when we were talking. 
So that's called westbound and down. I thought I thought it was going to be eastbound and down, kind of like the show. That's what it, didn't I say? Eastbound and down? No, you said no westbound it's westbound. And, it's yeah. westbound and down. Yeah, westbound and down. I thought yeah. it was eastbound and down. Yeah. Well, Tony, where can everyone find you on the internets? Where can they learn more about you? Where can they go to your your shop? Your your just your life in general. How can people stalk you on the internet? At twenty t minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that's what alexa says to me they go 20 ti minutes oh my gosh you can't even say it right either no you can just check out my first and last name tony grebmeyer and you should be able to find me on pretty much any social media platform um, i love facebook connections I, I love instagram you know messages if i can be of service if i can help you in any way please reach out it's not a money thing to me so don't you don't owe me anything uh your time is most valuable so if there's something i can do point you in a direction use me as a rolodex use me as a resource use me as somebody who um definitely just wants to care that's my mission in life is to help people so take full advantage of it and everything you need you can find at tonygrubmeyer.com i feel like your twitter account is very underrated too i feel like you should have more interactions um you have great questions on there i'm always retweeting them so i think you should your, your twitter number should be 10 times more than what it is right now yeah, so I'm going to have to work on my Twitter account, so I'm going to have to figure out how to get those numbers up. So maybe you, if you find a Twitter expert, we can do that. Dude, this is what it is. You're going to get like 20 new followers because of this show, 20, 10 minutes. That's that's pretty hey, much what it is. 20 is way better than where I was at today, and I'll take it because you never know. And, and, and Sean and myself, we used to have this conversation all the time. It's not about the amount of followers. It's about the value of each follower that they bring to your life. Yes, I agree with that right? too. So I'm, um, I'm not about the followers. I'm about the impacts. And so if I can, I, you know, I was somewhere the other day and I was having the guy who, who saved me, picked me up when I was in Los Angeles last week. I was, I just, I performed a service, a wedding and he took me and we went out to dinner the whole time his phone was sitting on the, the table and he uh, goes, dang, I'm like, I know, man, I got people who help me. And then like his Twitter, his feed was like showing up with all my, my, my name. And I'm like, see, like it just happens. Like, don't, don't put so much effort into it. Just like build the team around you and let the team help you. I'm ordaining a wedding coming up. I'm definitely gonna have to pick your brain on that. It's going to be my first one. It was my first one. Holy shit, dude. Are we brothers? I, I wore <laughs> Italian linens the entire time i stood up in italian linens my hat on and i was chill and um it was fun it was it was great and uh the one thing i can tell you is don't overthink it yeah no yeah that's a good i'll try that thanks again for having me on your show man i, I do got to tell you um anybody who's listening right now if you haven't tweeted it shared it left them a review Take the moments and the time to help this show grow regardless. Like you can tell them to bypass the episode with that tall lanky dude. Yeah. <laughs> but what the goal is, is like his ad dollars is the effort and energy he's putting into getting these episodes out to the world. And what we can do as listeners and, and people is help spread the message. And it takes just a second to do so. So as you're listening to this show, this is a shameless plug, but I'm a hard believer that you, the listener, has an ability to bring a great impact into this gentleman's life by just doing your part. And that's kind of like the dues we pay for listening to this free show. Tony, I really appreciate that. That was uh, very nice of you. And uh, same to you. Everyone go, after you do my reviews, go go listen to him, <laughs> review him up. And it was, it, it, stop giving me gifts. I'm giving you gifts. 
So we're just going to gift each other back. Tony G, I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy life. I love you so much, my man. And hopefully we can link up sometime in the future. I have to, where, where are you at again? I'm in, I'm in Massachusetts. The great, it's the great arm of, of the Americas. The Americas. All right, cool. I'm coming. <laughs> I want to go see a Red Sox game and I want to see a Celtics game. That's a hundred percent doable. hundred percent doable. The Fenway Park uh, seats. Can we get a two for one? Like I sneak you in and then you let me in. Can I'll we do be, that? Yeah. I'll be on your shoulders. We'll get a big old coat, do the old school trench coat, but Fenway like Park. Fenway Park might not be friendly for you because your knees might be touching your chin uh, in those little ass seats, man. They have never upgraded any of the seats ever. I love it. No, that's fine. We'll, we'll figure it out, man. But I just, it's an honor. It's, it's an absolute privilege. I got a chance to have you on my show in a couple of days. So thanks yeah. for, uh, for, thanks for coming on and being a guest. And, and until next time, man, thank you so much. My man, I love you. Have a good one. You too. I love you. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. If you are feeling suicidal, please dial 911.